guys. It's Sunday. It's a very slow day for us today. After D&D in the morning. I don't know. It's not really morning. I guess it's kind of morning for us because we wake up so late. But it's more like... <laughs> it's more like afternoon. Hey. 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 No, I'm guilty of it too. I was about to say, I felt no. pretty added right then and there. <laughs> no, I think you were technically awake before I was. And I can't even say that it's because I got home late. No, it's just because I stayed up writing. I didn't choose to be awake. Oh, yeah, no. I didn't choose to be awake either. I tried my I tried my hardest to go back to sleep. But it was just... It wasn't even Sammy that woke me up. It was just the dogs that woke me up. Because they were like, I need to go out now. See, mine was Sammy. Yeah, it, it first it was the dogs. And I could have ignored that. But then it was... <laughs> then Sammy was like, shut the fuck up. Like my God, and I rolled back over it, and I just like slammed my head back into the pillow. And I was like, I'm just gonna go back to sleep. I'm just gonna go back to sleep. But she's like, Come on, you dumbass! And she was like, I could hear her open the door and like usher in the dogs through, and then the fucking clicky clacky of their nails on the floor, and then just from I there. Just, I just want to know who I pissed off that every fucking morning, every morning, one of them's gonna kick Thor's food bowl. And it's going to sound like firecrackers are going off. See, no, I heard that this morning, too. Yeah, yeah. I thought one of you had done it. No. God. And then whenever they, like, came back in, they were so happy to be back inside. And I was like... And, like, I get it, because I'm like, oh, y'all have to... Like, they don't have thumbs. Yeah. They can't, like, go let themselves out and go pee and stuff. And it's like, I would let them out whenever I get home, but... Oh, God, they're going to wake up. Yeah. They'll wake up so easily. Yeah. She I mean, has a whole ass attitude. She's better just let sleeping Samus lie. Basically. <laughs> but, um, so, last episode, I forgot a bunch of stuff at the end of it. Um, I'm a bad podcast host, honestly. I forgot I'm supposed to, like... Tell you guys about our website, which is uh, devilishpodcast.squarespace.com. Um, you can go on there, and um, I post stuff about our um, like whenever I whenever we post actual episodes. There's stuff about them on there. Um, there's social media. All of our social media handles are on there. I think I don't think we're missing. Um, I don't have a Pinterest setup because that feels crazy to me. But from what I understand, some people, like, some podcasts have, like, Pinterest accounts. See, that's the thing is I don't, like, I use Pinterest all the time, but it's for my job. Yeah. If I didn't have, like, if I didn't have a reason to use Pinterest, I had Pinterest back when, Pinterest, not Pinterest, <laughs> Pinterest back whenever it came out on, like, fucking, I don't know, what yeah, era like, iPhone was that? Like, like it, I, I don't know. I know what you're talking about. Like, when it first came out, and it was, yeah. like, really big. Yeah, and everybody had it. And honest to God, I still don't understand what a <laughs> Pinterest board is. Oh, God. I had, like, Pinterest boards. I don't even... I didn't even know if I wanted to be married, but I had, like, three different wedding Pinterest boards, like, the vibe. I was there was a Pinterest board literally for this house that I created whenever we were talking about buying houses. See, and that's wild to me, because I'm like, I... 
I like go on there and I look for like photography photos and reference photos and stuff like that because oh, uh, oh it's so good for reference photos. Yeah, and it's it like little known fact. If you're a tattoo artist, don't go to Google. Go to Pinterest, which sounds wild because we all make jokes about how there's like fucking Pinterest tattoos. They're not yeah. Pinterest tattoos. They're Google tattoos. Right. But if you go on Pinterest, you can find the fucking best reference photos for like anything yeah you can literally put anything in the search bar and boom it pops up and it's in better quality and it's a better photo than google could have given you you know i don't know i just feel like google's been letting me down lately anyhow so um so i also forgot so yeah the website check it out um we have a like an email form on there if you want to talk to us or even if you want to share like some of your own scary stories we would love to hear them oh yeah um, no, totally yeah i would love to talk about them on the podcast honestly yeah like, no if there's any like super like kind of spooky almost like let's not meet meet meets no sleep meets listener tales from morbid like anything yes, that's like yes and for those, and that's why we drink fans, hey, what up? It's your girl, Nita. Yeah, I'm here. I fucking love that podcast. Actually, it was Em and Christine that made me want to start a podcast. See, mine was Elena and Ashley. But I also really like Morbid, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I actually started listening to podcasts with Morbid. Mm-hmm. And then it went into, I don't even know how I found, and that's why we drink. I thought I just thought the name was funny. Um, but then I was like, oh, shit, there's, like, D&D podcast. And then I realized that Critical Role had, like, uploaded all their sessions onto, like, Spotify as podcasts. So, cue me listening to countless hours of Critical Role. And then, um, getting into, like, Dungeons and Daddies and, um, Dimension 20 and, like, all those sorts of things. And I was one of those people that was like, oh, I, I don't understand the concept of podcast that's stupid why do you just listen to people talk now i'm one of those fucking people that talks i am one of those people and this is only our second episode but to me this is such a fucking blast like i'm having such a good time i don't even mind like editing because even the editing part was fun now i'm sure down the line it might get a little tedious but like i don't like that sort of stuff just going back and like clipping little tiny bits of audio and just like there's like a, a thing where you can zoom in on the audio tracks to try to like break it apart a little bit easier um i discovered that a little bit too late i discovered that at the end of the editing for the first podcast and i was like fuck but i was like there's no fucking way that i'm going back through like two hours and 45 fucking minutes of recording just to do that but by then i had already like edited everything anyhow um (laughs) do you want to tell them (laughs) about your jump scare this morning oh my god (laughs) that still it still cracks me the fuck up so i have ticks and they're auditory ticks and that's fine and dandy and everything's cool (laughs) i make them and people get jump scared and i don't pay attention because again i i I have, like, the smallest warning that it's coming before it happens. I've never been on the receiving end of something like that. So I'm driving in the car listening to the new podcast episode that was posted because I'm just, like, curious and I want to listen to it and everything's cool. Um, I'm going to put a noise and headphone warning right now for this one. 
because <laughs> I'm driving in the car with the Bluetooth connected to my uh, uh, phone, <clears throat> and I'm listening to specifically the part where Sammy is talking, and she's talking about him going to college, and the ungodly noise <laughs> that filled my car <laughs> while I was driving, I jump-scared myself. And it was like, I didn't realize what I sounded like. So that was a very sobering uh, experience. <laughs> I thought tires were screeching. I thought there was about to be a serious car accident. I didn't know what was going on. I immediately paused the podcast and stopped. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that was me. I immediately get off. Like, I immediately called Nita. And I'm like, is that what I sound like? Is that it? I am so sorry. If I ever look at you guys crazy whenever I make y'all jump. Like, I had not been awake for very long. And I was just, like, standing in the kitchen in my nightgown. Like, taking my meds for the morning and thinking about breakfast. And Ash calls me. And normally she only really calls me if there's, like, something going on. Or, like, we need to communicate about some issue. Um, like, like people like scheduling like stuff for people to come fix something in the house or something and so I'm like what is she calling me for it's Saturday and so I pick up and she's like hey (laughs) so I was listening to the podcast and I scared the shit out of myself and I died laughing because I was just so whenever I was editing it um I knew it was coming because I can see the little blip on the audio that's like, this shit's about to get real loud, you know, brace yourself. Y'all can't see that. And I probably should have put a warning in the beginning that Ash has Tourette's, she has a tick, and it's pretty loud and kind of jarring, and to please, you know, she, she can't control it. It's like something that just happens. It's not a big deal. Don't make a big deal out of it, or you're an asshole. So... I didn't really think about that because uh, when she's home, like, it's pretty rare when she ticks because she's not stressed out. She's chilling. She's, you know, in a comfort place. So it's pretty few and far between, and that's why we get fucking jump scared. It's because we'll just be hanging out or doing something, and then just, like, unholy screech. (laughs) And it just scares the fucking shit out of me because sometimes I just be forgetting that she has Tourette's. And she's always like, I don't understand why you guys jump. And I'm like, man, it's so quiet. And then it's not. So if you're listening to the podcast and you hear that noise, just know that's just her tick. That's all it is. Um, I try to edit it out where I can. Not out of like to erase that part of her. But literally just to be a little bit easier. Because it's fucking jarring. Yes, it is, <laughs> it's so loud. Because to my ears, it doesn't sound like, it's pretty much like how my voice doesn't sound like my voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's essentially like that. Like, whenever I tick, it doesn't sound like that to me. Yeah. And then I heard it, and I was like, oh, no. Now you understand. Yes, I understand. Because I've never, <laughs> and like, this is amazing because I've never had it like recorded before. I never yeah. had it like. Is that wild? Yes, and it's like this is what you sound like, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? So yeah. Um, another thing I forgot to mention. I'm sorry, I'm just kind of popping around on subjects, but I have ADHD, and it's like, and my brain just be doing the thing. Um, 
Patreon. We have a Patreon account, and um, if you guys want to go check it out, it's patreon.com slash devilishpodcast. We would love it if you guys subscribe to our Patreon. Because, I mean, if you... We have a couple of different tiers. Um, we have, like, a standard-ass, like, $3... No, it, I think it's 3 5 10 15 Don't look at me like I know. Or, <laughs> it's something like that. I think it's 3 5 10 25 And even if it's, like, the monthly $3 things, um, we, like, give you guys a shout-out and we talk about you on the podcast. Um, and it just kind of goes out there. And if you guys check that out and want to subscribe, that would be really fucking kick-ass and we'd love you forever. Um, also, our $25 one, we're working on a thing to send you guys some sort of monthly merch. Um, like a t-shirt, like a tote bag or some shit. At some point, I'm going to get around to designing a sticker for us. Yeah. <laughs> because we're kind of poor, um, I'm not paying someone to design it because Ash is a fucking tattoo artist. And I'm not half bad at drawing if I try. And most of the shit, like, is that we have for the podcast is shit that I have put together. And so if it looks kind of shitty, that's why. Don't you judge me. Um, I save money. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but I'm glaring at her over my boom mic right now. Because, excuse me? Okay, well, I do my best. And I, I redid the logo, like, 14 times. And the logo and it looks good. Yeah, the logo for the actual website, I sent, I changed that like 52 times. And poor Sammy and Ash had to deal with me spamming the group chat and being like, what about this one? What does it look like this color? What I about love this you color? so much. But there was like moments <laughs> where you're like sending like three. It was very much like the office meme where it's like, what is the difference between these two? And it's like, they are the same. They are the same. And it'd be like one slightly glowing red or the other one's glowing white, but the same, like, but the white, but it's like white, uh, words and swirls. And I'm yeah. like, it all looks the same, but it looks really good. And I appreciate you doing that. Well, oh, hell, I appreciate you. I'm going to brag a little bit. Um. And I'm going to brag because you guys are amazing. So I post this stuff um, through RSS feed. And RSS posts the episodes through all major streaming sites. We now have Google and Apple Podcasts up. And I'm really excited about that because I was about to fist fight somebody at both of those places. And it was like all these smaller ones like Deezer and like some other stuff. I had no problem at all getting it set up on those. But Apple and Google, why? Why is it so difficult? Why do you make that as difficult on me as it was? That was insane. So uh, what I wanted to brag about was the listeners are, like, insane. Like, I love you guys. So we had a lot of people in the, in the United States listen and, like, all over the United States. And to those people, thank you. I really appreciate it. And then we have people... Um, we had one listener from Morocco, so if you listen to this again, hi! I really hope you'd email us and let us know who you are, because, like, well, that, I didn't mean that sounds creepy, but, like, we're really glad to have you. Um, we had another person from the United Kingdom, again, hi! Belgium, Spain, Turkey, um, I'm gonna do my best to not butcher this word. Azerbaijan? Az uh, Azerbaijan? I'm gonna do my best. That's my best. <laughs> uh, we had a person from the Ukraine. Hey. I know things are tough over there right now. We're rooting for you. 
um, a person from India, and a person from Uzbekistan. That is insane to me that you guys are listening to the podcast in other countries because, like, it's only been out for, like, two days now. Um, but I'm, like, really excited and I'm really thankful that you guys are listening to it. Uh, Sammy is not going to be joining us today. She's not really feeling all that great today and it's kind of a slow Sunday. Um, so if you hear stuff rattling around the background, um, she is blessing us by cooking us dinner. Because she is amazing. Yeah, she is amazing and she's really good at cooking and I appreciate her cooking. That means I don't have to and that is also a major blessing. It's just going to be me and Ash tonight. And that's cool. Me and Ash, we're homies. We do the thing. So, we had to pause because we were eating dinner. Um, but Sammy's here now. She's going to Oh, it's me. Yay! Anyway, so this one is called Betsy the Doll. Like most people these days, I had a fucked up childhood. Who doesn't, right? My father took off before I was born and my mother was left to care for me on her own, a skill she was sorely lacking. My mother slipped right back into drug-addled party lifestyle that she enjoyed before I was born and had soon turned down her two-bedroom apartment into an opium den. For the first five years of my life, I walked around in a confused, terrifying mist. Smoky air would flood down the hallway from our living room and slip under my bedroom door. It always seemed to linger for days. I know now that my mother was not a bad person, just a victim of her addictions. When she did have spare money, she would put food in the house or buy me clothes from Goodwill. The only pieces of furniture I had in my bedroom was a mattress set and a little blue and white toy chest. Not that I had a lot of toys to put in it, of course, just the three I had gotten for birthdays. One was an art kit, one was a red dragon, and the last was my pride and joy, a doll named Betsy. Betsy was my best friend. We would have imaginary tea parties together, sleep together, and even take baths together. Sometimes I even remember her voice. When I thought back on our conversations with the doll in adulthood, I realized that I was likely suffering from delusions thanks to the always present butts of smoke that laid claim to the dining room hallways and drafty bedrooms of our small apartment. Still, I remember the sound of her voice, a pleasant tingling lilt that always that almost always coupled with a gracious giggle. I also remember Ooh. the- I hate that, sorry. <laughs> I also remember the things that she said to me and the things she wanted me to do. She asked me to steal, usually food or pens and pencils. She wanted me to bring her forks and knives and hit the bad man who slept on our couch. There was always something that I would always get in trouble, but she wouldn't. When I told my mother who had put me up to these games, she would scoff and shake her head. She never believed me. Adults never do. Around my sixth birthday, I asked my mother for a birthday party. I wanted to invite the mean girls from school and serve them cake and ice cream and make them like me. I remember standing in the kitchen that was, or the kitchen that day with such hopes, having just asked the most important question of my entire life. The glass bottle of Coca-Cola I held was shaking in my nervous hands. I waited with bated breath as my mother continued putting groceries away, almost if she hadn't heard me, but I knew she had. Finally, just as I had failed a second time to muster the courage to repeat my question, she turned around and gave me a flippant shake of her head. A birthday party? Laura, that's ridiculous. I can't afford to feed 15 children that aren't even mine. Hell, I can barely afford to even feed you. You're like an elephant, especially for a girl your size. Or I'm sorry, Ooh. Betsy does. There's barely anything left for me to eat around here, much less a classroom of other people's brats. My face fell as she shook her head. 
mumbled something else under her breath and stumbled off into the living room. I heard the music go up then as more people walked in the door. Some left, some stayed. I never knew them either way. It simply wasn't fair. My mother threw parties all the time. What about me? I was a kid. All my friends had birthday parties and now the mean girls at school would know that I was poor. I was too poor to have one and they would tease me even more. I felt tears start to well in the corner of my eyes as I choked back a sob and ran to my room and slammed the door behind me. Betsy was lying on the bed and smiling. She was always smiling. Usually it made me feel better, but today it seemed to make me angry. She just kept staring at me, smiling. She was going to tell me to do something bad again. This is why Mother wouldn't throw me a birthday party. It was because of all the trouble I got into because of her. That was her fault. Betsy didn't have to go to school, and Betsy never got in trouble like I did. And in my younger mind, I truly believed it was the doll, not my mother, who was to blame for everything. I snapped then. I screamed in indignant rage, and I threw the bottle as hard as I could at the bed. I hit Betsy on her forehead, and she fell to the floor. Ooh. Good. I picked up the bottle, and I hit her again and again. I thought I heard her laugh, and I hit her harder. Then I laughed. When my rage was spent, I dragged Betsy to the toy chest and threw her in. I slammed it shut and kicked the chest against the wall. I never wanted to see Betsy again ever. I never owned another doll after Betsy. About a week later, the police came and two nice ladies took me to live in a new home in a new state with food and toys and no drugs. The trunk went into storage and the wagon disappeared. I never saw my mother again. As I got older, my foster parents admitted she was in jail, doing 25 years. That was fine with me. I felt nothing for her anyway. I still had nightmares because of my life with that woman. But then, slowly, I began to heal. I focused on doing well in school, and, and I ignored my mother's letters from prison. She, she reached out to me several times in my 20s as well, but I always declined her calls. That is, until this morning. I'm 30 now with my own children and a loving, honest husband. I have a beautiful house, two dogs, and a career as a social worker trying to make a difference to kids who've had it bad like me. I'm happy, I'm steady, and I'm content. So when I got a voicemail from my mother informing me that she had been paroled and that she wished to speak, I decided to let her say her piece. Since the kids were home from school, I went out in our shed in the backyard to return my mother's call. The shed was a children's domain and they used it to play in in the summer. I sat on my old toy chest, which was currently being used as a tea party table, and I dialed the number she had left me. Three rings. Hello? Laura? Hello, Mother. How are you? Oh, Laura, thank you for speaking to me. I know you have your own life now and a family, and I would love to meet them someday. I just wanted to tell you how sorry I am for everything. Mother, you are not meeting my kids. Ever. And since you called me, I'm going to, I'm going to say what I needed to say years ago. The opium, the heroin, they destroyed you. And the worst of it is that you almost took me down with you. I was five. There was no home, that was no home for a child. Honestly, I'm surprised it took you so long to get caught. Laura, I know how it seems, but I honestly know nothing. Look, I hard, it hardly matters and I don't understand why you would feel that way, why you would hate me and not want me to meet your little ones. I learned a lot about forgiveness while I was away and just, oh Laura, I'm so sorry about Betsy. Betsy? I paused, confused. Why would you care about her? I know, Laura, believe me, I do. It was all my fault. The drugs, the partying, and Betsy, oh God, if I had only paid attention, if I had only known, 
She's gone, and it's because of me. As my mother began to cry, I tapped my fingers on the toy box impatiently. The drugs had clearly fried her brain. Mother, I sighed. Why are you talking about Betsy? And why do you even care? I know where Betsy is, right underneath me. What are you talking about, Laura? Oh God, where is she? I shifted uncomfortably. Well, Betsy's in the trunk and she always has been. There was a beat of stunning silence. What do you mean your sister's in the trunk? Sister? What the hell are you talking about? Back on drugs again so soon? That's a record, even for you. Betsy's a goddamn doll. I locked her in my toy box a few days before you got arrested for possession. Laura? Oh God. No. No. Laura, what have you done? I wasn't arrested because of drugs, Laura. I was arrested because of Betsy's disappearance. You always called her your little doll, but we thought you knew. Oh God, we thought you knew. Laura, no, what have you done to my baby? My mind had gone blank. There was no emotion. I set the phone down next to me and stood up. I could hear the muffled sound of my mother's anguished cries and feel the dark clutch of possibility in my own chest. Memories were stirring in the back of my mind, threatening to flood forward in my consciousness. They pushed against the door of my mind that had been locked so tightly for so long I had forgotten it was even there. Was it even possible? Could the trauma and the opium have really led me to believe that a small child was actually a doll? Begging for food and utensils to eat with and asking me to protect her from the bad man? No. I slowly turned around and brought my eyes down to the makeshift tea party table. Surely it was too small. You couldn't fit a person in there. You couldn't. But then, what about a very small, starving, emaciated child? What about her? Did she fit? Would investigators even bother looking for a person in this chest? I knew I wouldn't. It was just too small. I was sure we had opened the toy box at some point over the years, hadn't we? Or had something swimming in the dark recesses of my memories always stopped me? I couldn't remember even seeing it open. I knelt down to the ground and opened the clasp. It would be better to not look. After all, that I had overcome, the new life that I had earned my for myself, it could all be undone by opening this toy box. I shouldn't open it. I should throw it in a landfill and forget it ever existed. I should not look inside. I opened the chest. I never had a doll. My mother never could afford to buy me one. I never had a wagon either for that matter. But I did have a toy box. A pretty blue and white toy box. And when I was five, I beat my little sister to death and put her in it. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm shook. I don't, I, I don't even know if I saw that coming or not. I fucking didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, I figured it was going to be something crazy because she's talking about like the drugs and shit. Yeah, but I wasn't expecting <laughs> her to beat her sister to death and shoved her in a fucking box. Listen, I wasn't expecting it either, but once you like reach the ending, you start realizing, okay... Forks, knives, yeah, pens, pencils, food, yeah. like shit a child would need, but not like an actual doll. Yeah. Well, yeah. But also, it's like little kid brain. Oh, the doll asked me to do bad things. Like, yeah, I thought this was just gonna be a really creepy fucking. I thought she was going to go like to the shed and was gonna like hear something knocking in the toy box or something or giggling in the toy box. 
not, oh yeah, it's my fucking sister that I bludgeoned to death whenever I was five and stuffed in a toy box. Right. It's like, okay, yeah. And that's, and then like, the whole 25 years thing for possession, I was like, hold on. That seems like a long time for possession. Yeah, and then you find out, no, it's because her fucking kid went missing, and they couldn't figure out where it went, and the whole time she was just in her other kid's toy box. Hmm. Well, that was a good one. That was dark as fuck. Yeah, I mean, it is our no sleep, so. Yeah, but still. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do your next one? I'm trying to find it right this second. Where did it go? Do, do, do. There it is. Okay. My roommate in his cat in the hat costume. Oh. I don't know. I have no idea where this is going to go, but I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the same. This one is like really short. Okay. Um, And this is on the Reddit that's uh, the r slash no sleep Reddit. And it is by pros40745. Thank you, pros40745. Right. Hell yeah. It was the 1st of November, and he was still wearing it. Our party was on the 29th of October, and it was funny then. Hell, even on the 30th, it still made me laugh when I saw him occasionally creep out of his room to stock up on snacks from the kitchen. When I left the house for my 9 a.m. class on the 31st, he was sitting in the kitchen with his cat and hat costume on. Well, then I began to worry. John was quiet at the best of times. Not too many friends, and I was a stranger to sit, er, and I wasn't a stranger to sitting in the silence at meal times. This was different, though. His, unner- his unnerving smile was all I could really see on his face beneath the prosthetics and makeup. It didn't help that it was shitty homemade costume either. Visible stitching and discolored tufts of fur made it all creepier. Our other flatmate had dropped out at the start of the semester, so it was just John and I for a long time. He wasn't an inherently weird guy before this either. Quiet, yes, but friendly enough. Don't you have class to go to? I asked as I left for this work for the second. He silently shook his head, not looking up from the book he was reading. Starting to get real fucking creepy around here, man. I muttered loud enough for him to hear as I shut the door behind me. I like it. I heard John bark with the venom of a tr- with venom from the driveway. It was the night of the third when I finally cracked and phoned his sister. The white pages, the white patches of the suit were beginning to yellow, and there was an awful stench permeating oh. around the house. She thought I was kidding at first, but after I explained in detail what had been going on the last few days, she went quiet. She had assured me that she that he had been texting her regularly, as he usually did, but had never mentioned the costume. I'd known the guy for a little over a year by this point, but I really didn't know that much about him. His sister told me that he was obsessed with Cat in the Hat movie after he had seen it in the cinema when he was eight or nine, but grew out of it uh, grew out of that phase pretty quickly. She assured me that she'd phone him and get to the bottom of whatever the hell was going on. It was the smell that woke me up. That's how pungent it was. Don't meddle with my affairs, John said, standing in the doorway of a dim light behind him, which which partially illuminated the fucking costume. What the hell? Get out of here, freak! I shouted in a panic daze. 
don't meddle with my affairs, he said again. His tone was calm, but there was a definite aggression behind it. He lingered there for a few more seconds, a silent tension between us. It was one of the few times in my life I've ever felt genuine terror as I, gra as I gazed at the horrendous cat costume that in my roommate beneath it. The next day in class, I was going through my options in my head. My other friends had rec recommended calling the cops and that John was indeed, er, was in need of some serious help. I didn't want to get him into some kind of trouble, though. Maybe even sec, uh, maybe even sectioned. I think that I, if this is like a UK person, so I think section means expelled. Oh, okay. Uh, my choice was made for me when two police detectives pulled me out of the lecture. They set me down in the cafeteria with a stern look upon their faces. My first thought was that John had killed himself. I don't know why, but that made the most sense to me. I was dead wrong. Why did you report he was missing? Did you not find it odd for him to not come? One quizzed me. He, he isn't missing. He shouldn't be. Th he should be there right now. Probably still wearing that stupid costume. A dog walker had discovered John's naked body in the bushes not far from my house. The police reckoned he'd been dead since the night of the 29th. They never found anyone in the house during the search. Only that tattered costume, which had been neatly folded and put on top of my bed. Oh. I think I think I saw that on TikTok, actually. That is so... Ugh. Right? Like, okay, because... Little known fact about me, I have, I, there was a, there's a term for it, and I can't remember it right now, for people that live in your home and you don't know they're living in your home. Yeah. We can't even go there. Is that, oh my god, you guys are gonna make me spiral with this. <laughs> I do not want to make you spiral, but for our viewers, that is like one of my fucking phobias. Mm -hmm. Like, genuinely. One of my biggest fears. Yeah. Like, genuinely. I like how Miko was like, let me provide some fucking background. Yeah, Miko was like, let me growl for you. You're talking about Cat in the Hat. I got you, BB. Um, because, you know, this is a audio recording. My cat, Miko, jumped up in my arms. Well, he jumped up on the back of my chair and crawled into my arms. But he's a sassy little asshole. And little Satan. Yeah. He wants you to hold him, but it also pisses him off. But if you try to put him down, that also pisses him off. So, I mean, he just seems... I guess he thought he was going to be helpful. Well, um, I never want to see a cat in a hat costume, ever. Um, thanks for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Nice. Do you want to go next? Sure. Alright. I support it. <clears throat> I support it. Because mine's a little long and I have a back, like, a, a story about that. Mine is, I don't really know if you'd consider this long or not, but it's decent. Okay. Um, and I only kind of proofread it, so here we go. We gonna see, okay. <laughs> I'm really good at preparing for things. Oh yeah, the best, I would say. And I don't have my glasses on. Okay, so she's also blonde. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. I'm legally blonde. I'm legally blonde. Alright, this is also from r slash no sleep and this is uh the user is the roaming evil Ooh. and the story is called roadkill mm. it happened during the early hours of the morning i was driving home from yet another late night at the office the road was completely deserted like it always was 
There wasn't a single light post in the area. The headlights on my car were the only source of light guiding me along this long, deserted stretch of road. My eyelids were starting to feel heavier by the second, and I was struggling to stay awake. To fight back against the urge to close my eyes, I reached for the glove box and, gl and grabbed a pack of cigarettes. There was just one cigarette left. I grabbed it and threw the empty pack out the window. I was gonna say, is this me writing this story? And then I was like, wait a minute, I wouldn't fucking litter. Yeah. Don't litter, guys. It's don't, not cool. Don't litter. After a few seconds of clumsily looking for my lighter, I managed to light the cigarette and I inhaled deeply. I put my hand back on the steering wheel and held the lit cigarette between my fingers. Usually I hated these trips to and from the office, but there was something about driving along this deserted road in pitch black darkness, enjoying a cigarette that felt strangely soothing. Mm. My mind must have wandered off for a bit because suddenly I felt a burning sensation in my fingertips. The cigarette had continued to smolder between my fingers and had now gotten short enough to burn them. Instantly, I dropped the cigarette and it fell on the floor between my legs. Fuck, I exclaimed. I, I tried to grab the cigarette while also keeping my eyes on the road. But as hard as I tried, I had no luck picking it up from the floor and so I looked down to see where it was. I managed to spot it just inches away from my right foot and I bent over to pick it up. Once I got a hold of it, I turned my eyes back upwards to the road and gasped. The headlights revealed a shape standing in the middle of the road. I slammed on the brakes as hard and fast as I could, but a crash was unavoidable. The sound of screeching tires pierced my ears, the windshield cracked, and I was jolted forward as the car came to a sudden standstill. Then all that noise went away and made room for a deafening silence. I tried to control my breathing and process what had just happened. Once I had finally mustered the courage to look out the cracked windshield, I saw a body lying in the middle of the road lit by the headlight beams of the car. I exited the car, ran over to the body, and knelt next to it to check for signs of life, even though I could instantly tell that there was nothing that could be done. I looked around the area, but there was nothing. No lights, no cars, no signs of life anywhere in the vicinity. What have I done? I muttered to myself. But just at the precise moment, the headlights of a car, the headlights of the car went out, leaving me and the body in complete darkness. Hell no. <laughs> I grabbed my phone from my pocket, turned on the flashlight, and looked back at the car, but I couldn't see what had caused this. I looked back at where the body was, but there was no trace of it, like it had never been there in the first place. Horrified, I fell backwards onto the road and dropped my phone. After, founding my f after having found my footing again, I made a mad dash for the car and tried to get it to start. The lights flickered each time I turned the ignition. I looked in the side view mirror and the flickering taillights revealed a figure stand just behind the car. I, can I continued to turn the ignition without success. Suddenly the rear door behind me flew open and I heard something crawling into the vehicle. Ooh. I froze and a tense silence filled the inside of the car. All I could hear was heavy breathing coming from the back seat. I reached for the rear view mirror and slowly adjusted its position to see who or what was sitting behind me. I kept turning the mirror until I could see two reflective red eyes staring back at me. An intense sense of terror come over me and I practically fell out of the car. Without looking back, I started running down the road as fast as possible and I kept running until daybreak. That's when I saw the first house I had seen for hours, and I went inside to get help. 
Obviously, I never told the police the truth about what happened, but the incident is still seared into my memory, and I still lie awake at night wondering when the figure will come for me. Dun, dun, dun. Man's full ass hit a demon with his car and then said, I'm a runner, I'm a trapster. The way that me shitting myself would have propelled me down the road. And not <laughs> like, fucking that's rocket power. Look, I swear <laughs> to God, no, just fucking... It's bad enough when you hit something with your car, but then for your lights to die on your car. And then some glowing ass red eyes in your back. No. No, not just that. You hurry, you hear it like skittering into your car. Not just that. Not just that. Mm. The fact that your taillights illuminate something behind your car and you can see it is now fucking standing up. Yeah, no. Oh, I would have been gone. Like immediately. I would have been gone the moment the fucking lights turned off. I would have been like, the you, fact that they sorry stopped, about your luck, bud. <laughs> the fact that they stopped the car. I'm sorry. I would rather star in. I know what you did last summer than fucking the Grudge. Like no, <laughs> absolutely not. Mm. Okay, so um, I have a little bit of a backstory. Well, it's not really a backstory about this story. So. Have you guys? Yeah, I mean the back. It's my story about this story. So, have you guys heard of the Goat Man? No. No. Okay. So the Goat Man. um, (laughs) There it goes. (laughs) I'm glad I paused because I can edit that out. Um, So, in a lot of different um, cultures, there is a Goat Man, and typically the Goat Man is a shape shifting spirit that has the body of a man and the head of a goat. And he will shapeshift into a humanoid form and go into a group of people and just kind of sit there. And they're like, this is like common in uh, Native American, um, it's a Native American like cryptid, I guess, um, or spirit. There's also, um, people have talked about there being some in the Middle East that um, were fast enough that they would chase after cars. This takes place in Alabama. And it takes place in Huntsville. And I lived in Alabama for like a year. And I worked in Huntsville. I didn't work. I worked in Huntsville. I didn't work out in the woods where these folks were. But, um. Nita's like, I'll look. <laughs> I had shit to do with that. But. Plot the, twist. Nita's the goat man. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Bat. <laughs> you have a goat on your shirt right now, so. Yeah, a little cute little bat Um, But there's also, like, of course, you know, Appalachia is going to have all sorts of fucked up shit. But in, I think it was West Virginia, there is, like, a really popular thing. Um, there's Goatman's Bridge. You ever hear that, like, thing on TikTok where it's like, I'm on your bridge, Goatman? No? No. Okay, where it's like, I want to cover that story. This is not that story. But, uh, to preface this story, um, so I'm not scared of a whole lot of stuff. I love spooky stuff. I love scary stories. I love stuff about cryptids and all that stuff. I love it. None of it really scares me as hence much as this, this podcast. Like, hence this podcast, yes. <laughs> so, I'm not really scared of much. Meanwhile, I am not the same. But Nor something about this fucking story, and I read this whenever I was like 19, so like, 10 years ago, um, but something about the story just really fucking stuck with me, and it would creep me out so fucking bad, and, um, after I read it, we 
me and my friends decided we were going to go camping, um, as white people be doing. And <laughs> so we were all out in the middle. We weren't even out, like, we were on the campground. There were other people there. But it was, like, ten minutes away from Chipley, where I lived in Florida. And um, it was the Falling Water State Park. So there's, like, a really nice, like, campground. Um, and all my friends, we would, like, drive somewhere, and there would just be, like, just, there's a lot of fucking trees in northern Florida anyhow. It's all fucking trees and rednecks. That's all it is. So we're, like, driving down the road to get, like, to the campsite. We would, like, go to Walmart at night, and it would be dark as shit. And I would be like, I'm expecting to see something in between these trees, and I'd be so fucking creeped out by it. And all my friends, because I'm always the one known, you know, I'm not scared of shit, and I love spooky stuff. They're like, that's so stupid. Like, that's so stupid. Why are you so scared of, you know, that's ridiculous. And I was like, what is wrong with y'all? I was like, okay, you just fucking wait. So we did the white people thing that night at the campfire where we all sit around and tell stories. And I read this story to them. Suffice to say that after that, there were like six more people that were like looking between the fucking trees. And the thing about it... Huh? And they all pooped their pants. Well, I mean, they all got the shit scared out of them because in the middle of the night you could hear people walking around the woods. But that was because it was a fucking campsite and people are creepy anyhow. People are fucking creepy. So, um, I didn't actually get this off of Our No Sleep because this is a really old story. It technically came from Our Creepypasta. So, people call it a creepypasta, but he didn't post it as a creepypasta. It just kind of, like, became that sort of thing. Um, and it's really popular. Like, it's become, like, the story itself has become almost like a legend. Um, and it's a Nazi's Goatman story. So, it's kind of long. I'm going to read it, um, and damn near have to fucking translate it in some spots, so I'm going to do that now. This bitch is fancy. She's using her computer. <laughs> well, I'm only using that. I was trying to read it off of, like, the website, but the internet's being shitty, so I copy and pasted it over to a document, so... Oh, smart. Yeah. Okay. Let me, like, maneuver. Sorry about all the shit banging around in the back. Also, while you're doing that, though... You know, it actually really is a phenomenon of, like, how many people really did imagine a man either, like, swinging from the lights following the car yeah. or something running through the trees at the same speed as the car. Yeah, the, the, uh, they're called, like, the run-betweens or something. Yeah, and it's, like, I experienced, like, I thought about that when I was a kid. I don't know about everybody else, oh, yeah, but. Oh, 100%. Like, I used to imagine, like, dogs keeping chase, like, keeping pace with the cars I drive by See, mine was a pale man. I've also... That and, like, the hat man. Well, okay, that's that's for a different episode, because that's really interesting. I want to talk about that. Okay, but this is long and I want to get done. Okay. So, this Russian is... herself. <laughs> I'd be doing that. This is a Nazi's Goatman story. Okay. I was 16 and have family down in Alabama. That's your first problem. They're farmers and own a huge amount of land in Huntsville. My uncle owns a big house and a bunch of trailers they put out in the woods for hunting and camping. While I was down south, my cousin suggested we go out camping for a few days. We get to the camp and it's obvious something is weird. The air has a strange electric smell, like right before a storm, you know, like ozone. We don't think much of it and unpack and go down to a little creek to swim for a few hours. All of a sudden, some older white guy and a white teenager come out of the bushes. He has a shotgun in the crook of his arm and says hello. 
He asked what we're doing this far back in the woods. I told him about my uncle, who he knows, and say we're out camping. He tells us we need to be real careful out here and stick together because there's a big animal in the woods. His son, who is my age, asks if he can hang out with us. His dad says okay. We end up playing football and dicking around. There's me, the white kid, Tanner. <laughs> it's such a white kid name. Five of my cousins and four of their friends. Five girls and six boys. We're all around 15 to 17. We ended up just dicking the day out, dicking the day away and going back to the camp and getting set up for a campfire, even though we had trailers with kitchenettes. Tanner said he wants to run home and asked his dad if he could come camping with us. His family's property sits up against my uncle's. My cousin, Rooster, says he's going to go with him since it's getting pretty dark. One of the girls says she's going to tag along. At this point, it's about 7 and it's starting to get pretty dark. They take flashlights and head off, head off on the trail towards Tan's property. The rest of us just chill and, chill and make s'mores, drink, and hit on the girls. About 30 or 40 minutes later, there's the smell of ozone again. You can smell it over the smell of the fire we had going. It had a really nasty copper smell, like the smell you get after you've had a nosebleed. It wasn't exactly like dry blood, but it was that strong, metallic, back-of-your-throat smell. We immediately think that it's some kind of electrical, electrical malfunction or something, or someone left a hot plate on or some shit. We search the trailers and nothing is on, but we can all smell it. All of a sudden, we hear people booking it down the path towards us. Rooster, Tan, and the girl all come running into the clearing out of breath. They don't even break stride. They all just run to the trailer next to where the fire is. We all nope the fuck out of there. Nope is all capitalized. We all nope the fuck out of there and get into the trailers. They end up coming down a bit, but even Rooster is crying his fucking eyes out. Meanwhile, the fire is getting lower and lower, so my other cousins say fuck it and are about to go outside and start up the generator. Tanner says fuck no and locks the door. Ain't nobody else going outside. He's been crying too and his eyes are bloodshot and puffy and his pants are dirty as shit. He goes on to tell us that they went up to the house when his father said it was okay for him to go camping. He just needed to make sure they were careful on their way back and maybe they should take one of the hunting rifles just in case. Evidently, Tanner had seen something in their yard a few days before and then one of their pigs had turned up ripped in half and eaten. What? Yeah. They assumed it was just some big cats or coyotes even though they don't usually fuck with live animals. He had gone upstairs and packed his stuff and told his dad they would be okay without the rifle because coyotes avoid people. So they started walking back towards where we were camping. Rooster finally stops crying and shaking. The girl had stopped too, but she was just staring out the window with a dumb look on her face. He says they had gotten halfway into the woods toward the camp when they started to hear shit in the forest. It was almost pitch black by this time, so they weren't sure what the fuck it was. The girl said she heard something in the bushes right off the trail and they all beamed their flashlights over there. There was something standing back in the woods in a little hollow. Rooster said they had shouted at him and told him he was scaring the fuck out of them and that he was a dick. He said that's when he realized that the guy was facing away from them. So they kept walking and they start to smell the nasty, coppery ozone smell. And they say, the look, they, say they look off into the forest on the opposite side and it's a dude standing in the forest backwards, but this time he's slightly closer to the path. Did you say backwards? Yes. So he's, his back is to them, but he's closer to them. Uh, okay, really quick, I'm going to interject, and like I feel like everyone can relate to this. The part that makes stories even fucking creepier is if there's anything to do with backwards anything. Yeah. Like, backs to you, legs backwards, arm back, anything when you mention backwards... It's, it's like, 13 cre times creepier. Yeah, it's, like, immediately, I'm like, fuck this. Like, yeah. nope, 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 nope. Immediately, no. 
So now they start power walking, and Tan keeps saying he should have taken the fucking rifle. As they're telling the story, the smell is still super strong, even inside the trailer. They say after they started walking faster, that a kind of low gibbering had started coming from out of both sides of the woods. They started booking it back to the trailer. The girl said she flashed her flashlight out into the woods to the side of the trail and had seen something jerking itself through the forest, and the gibbering got louder and louder. When they could see the light from the campfire, something had come out of the woods and about 40 yards behind them onto the trail, so they just flat, they just flat out ran as hard as they could to the trailer. So we're out in the fucking woods, and at this point, we're assuming it's some rednecks or some shit trying to fuck with us. All of a sudden, my other cousin, Junior, starts going on about how he went to school with a Native American kid, telling him, a Native American kid, that was telling him about the goat man or some shit. We promptly tell him to shut the fuck up because the last thing we need is some spooky story at this point. But he keeps going on and on about how it's the fucking goat man and how now we're in his woods and blah blah blah. Now at the time, I never heard of goat man or any of that. But a couple years ago, the year before I graduated from college, I had a minom for a roommate, and I ended up asking him about it. To sum it up, it's basically a fucking man with a head of a goat, and he can shapeshift, and he gets among groups of people to terrorize them. It's also supposed to be kind of like the, we're not going to say it, but the Windy Boy. And he, or I'm sorry, and it's bad mojo to even talk about it, and even worse if you see it. Keep in mind, I didn't know this back when, when, I, back when I was 16. So my cousin is going, the goat man is going to get in and fucking get us. The girls are all terrified and my cousins and I are all trying to fucking figure out if it's just some hillbillies or if it's some animal. So all of a sudden, the smell just goes away. Like, to this day, I haven't experienced anything like it. Usually smells fade away or become faint, but this was literally there one second and just gone the next second. So after an hour making it around 9 or 10, we've stopped shitting bricks enough to go back outside and stoke the fire again. We figure it was just some assholes trying to fuck with us, so we don't go back home. We think that if we do, they'll just chase us through the woods or some shit. Nothing else weird happens that night, and we stay another night. For the main part of the night, nothing happens. At about 1 in the morning, we're outside getting drunk and telling ghost stories. If someone finishes a spooky story, I don't remember what it was about, the smell comes back. And it's so fucking strong that one of the girls literally starts vomiting. I stand up and you can actually feel how clammy the air is, and I say we should get inside. This isn't right. We should have fucking left. We all go back inside and we're standing around. My cousin keeps going on and on and on about how it's the goat man. My cousin Rooster tries to shut him the fuck up. And all the while, I'm just feeling that something is wrong and I can't figure out what the fuck it is. We end up sitting there for a while and the smell is just as strong. We're all terrified and all huddled in this camper. We end up cooking brats for everybody because no one wants to go outside. It's one of those packs with four brats in it and we have a total of three packs. I grill them up on the stove and get and everybody gets a hot dog. I get mine. After a while, one of my cousins gets up and goes over to the stove to get another one. He starts grumbling about how the fuck do I get two and everyone only else got one. Everyone else only got one. I look at him like he's fucking stupid. I tell him that everybody only got one because there were only 12 brats. If he wants more, he should open up a new pack and cook some more. That's when the girl that had been with Rooster and Tan just starts screaming, Oh Jesus, oh Lord, get out! She's crying and shivering. And it dawns on my cousin, who was standing up, what the fuck was wrong. Me and him both glance around the room, and then I feel my heart fucking sink. I run the fuck out of the cabin, and the girl runs out with us. The trailer door bangs against the side of the trailer as everyone books it out of there. One of my cousin's friends asks us what the fuck was wrong. I start counting us, and there's only 11 now. I shit you not, my cousin verified. There have been 12 people in the trailer. Being that everybody didn't really know each other well, nobody really noticed the whole fucking time that there was an extra person. Then I realized earlier that I kind of noticed something was off. 
You know how you're just dicking around, having a good time, you don't sweat, you don't sweat the small shit? You don't always keep track of certain stuff, but now I'm dead sure that someone else had been in the trailer with us, and that they had been there for at least a fucking day eating with us. What makes it worse is I couldn't figure out which one because I don't think anyone ever actually interacted with the other person slash thing. The girl keeps praying to Jesus and we're all sitting outside. Eventually we get big ass sticks and go back inside the trailer and there's nobody there. We count again and there's 11 people. Everyone get back. Everyone gets in the trailer and lock the door. We explain what the fuck happened and the girl says that she realized it too and when she was about to say something the girl sitting or the person sitting next to her had grabbed her like hard and leaned over and said something she couldn't understand. So we're all pretty much scared as fuck and we huddled together. I fall asleep. When I wake up, the sun is just coming up and half the people are asleep and the other half are packing our shit up. We want to walk back home, but like four people want to stay until the sun is all the way up. Some of the people think that we're just fucking around and still want to stay at the trailers. I just want to get the fuck out of the woods. The girl's name is Kiera, the one that the goat man had touched. Anyway, I asked her if she really thinks it's something bad and she says she just wants to go home and doesn't want to stay in the woods for another night. So we decide to split people up and the four that want to go can go. The four that want to go can go and I have to stay because I have the keys to the trailers and since it's my uncle's I have to lock up. I'm super pissed at this point because I feel like people aren't taking this shit seriously and I definitely don't want to be out in the woods for another night. So I spend the rest of the day trying to convince the rest of the people, four guys and four girls, that we need to get the fuck out of Dodge. Tanner leaves with the other gr group to go get a rifle and says he's going to be back. So there are just seven of us left at this point and it's about four o'clock. So you sat there the whole day. <laughs> I don't want to say another night. You're there the whole day. Listen. I'd be scared of shit to walk in the woods. I'd be like, somebody better tell their daddy to come down here with a truck and pick my ass up. I'm sorry, but like for the people that were like, you know what, let's stay another night. I just need to further point out. There was three packs of four hot dogs. Yeah. There are 11 people. Yeah. All the hot dogs are gone, but everybody got one. Yeah. There was suddenly a 12th person that is now fucking missing. And the fact that it wasn't just this kid, it was him and his cousin and another person and counted and we're like, yeah, there were 12 people there. Okay. At oh around my god. <laughs> I know, right? At around 5, he hasn't made it back yet and we're getting extremely fucking antsy and the only reason I stopped begging them to go back was because he went to get a gun. America. Uh, that wasn't in there. I just said that. At about 5.30 or so, when my cousin, my cousin that did stay says that the girl Kira is outside. We all look outside, and sure enough, she's standing by the fire pit with her back to the cabin. I'm thinking to myself, she was so fucking scared, why the hell would she come back? And then I get this nasty feeling in my gut. Keep in mind, the whole time, the coppery smell has been gone. But now I realize I can smell just a twinge of it. I say this to the rest of them, and they all laugh at me and ask if I set this up just to scare them. I look at them like, I'm not fucking bullshitting you right now. I ask them, why the fuck would I play with them like that? So one of the girls goes outside to get Kiera. She gets halfway to her and stops cold. Kiera starts heaving. I don't know how the fuck to describe it. Convulsing? Sort of like if someone with their back turned was laughing without actually making any sound. And it was the fact that I thought this that made me realize that there was not a fucking sound in the whole woods. It was dead silent. This is late September, so you usually could hear big-ass geese honking or, or kind of birds or squirrels chattering. So I step out the door and I tell her to come back into the fucking trailer right goddamn now. She backs up a little bit towards the trailer and we lock the fucking door and pull down all of the shades except one. We put someone in a chair to keep an eye on her. She stands there for another 20 minutes or so, then the guy turns to say that she's still there. Then there's a huge fucking bang on the door. 
We all jump the fuck up and scramble around the living room of the trailer. The banging is super fucking loud. So now my cousin is holding one of the girls and the other two are kind of giggling with nervous laughter. Me and the other two guys are shitting bricks. Then we hear Tan. He's screaming, let me the fuck in. Stop fucking playing. We go over to the door and open it and he stumbles in with a rifle. There's no one else outside. Evidently he had walked up to the campsite. Nothing weird happened in the forest. But he had seen a girl who he said wasn't Kiera just standing there. When he had gotten to the edge of the clearing, she had turned towards him with a slack-jawed look and stared him down, slowly tracking him as he walked around the outside of the clearing towards the camp. He said it wasn't until he was almost to the trailer that he realized she was getting closer to him. She started off by the fire, and without him even seeing her move, she had been turning and inching closer. He said that he just ran the rest of the way to the trailer, thinking it would be open. When he got to the door and it was locked, he turned, and it was about half the distance to the door. He looks around the room and then gets super pale. He pulls me over to the side and whispers in my ear, You know there are only six of you in here, right? I get that feeling where your stomach drops into your nuts. It had been back inside the trailer while we were sorting out who was going where. It was right fucking with us. We look out the window and there's no one there. So we recount everyone and then basically I go over and I ask everyone, How many people are there? Were there earlier? Everybody says eight. I ask, How many are there now? Everyone counts and then realizes there are only seven people in the cabin. Tana brought back a couple of boxes of ammo and his rifle. He told his dad there was some kind of animal in the forest because he didn't think his dad would believe him if he said it was Goatman. He says that his cousin is supposed to be coming down in a few hours and that in the morning we can all go back to his place and his cousin will drive us home. Now I'm really fucking terrified, but at least I feel a little bit better knowing we could just shoot the fuck out of whatever it is if it comes back. Then my cousin gets into a huge argument with one of the girls because she accuses us of trying to prank them. My cousin keeps telling her that I'm not that type of person. She asks, how do we know the girl by the fire wasn't just Tanner in a wig? Or if it really is the Goatman, how do we know that this is the real Tanner and that Goatman didn't just kill Tanner in the woods and take his gun? Tanner and I make it clear that we could seriously be in danger because, at the very least, someone has been sneaking themselves into our fucking trailer without us knowing and mingling with us. Go man or not, we weren't safe. One of the girls starts crying and says she wants to leave right now. We're trying to tell her that that's a fucking no-go because none of us are walking through the woods in the middle of the night. At this point, the sun is starting to go down and it's getting a little cloudy. We eat something and turn on the radio for a while. While we can't really get a station out here with anything decent, so we turn it off about the time... Tan's cousin shows up. The sun is just barely over the horizon and has one of those heavy and he has one of those heavy duty lantern flashlights and another rifle. He walks up to the trailer and we whisper to Tan, asking if he's sure that's his cousin, and he says yes. The guy looks behind him and all around the camp, then he walks in and kinda of glances at all of us and looks a little confused. He says, Where's your other little buddy at? I figured she would meet us at the trailer, is she a little slow or something? He also asked where we had been cooking because it smelled like bloody and hot pans all the way up the trail. We all fucking nope and ask him what the fuck he's talking about. He had come down the same trail as Tan had been using and he said he came up on one of you's guys buddies standing in the middle of the trail looking at him slack jawed. He had asked her a bunch of questions but all she just all she did was just look at him and then smiled. He said he kept walking but she couldn't keep to, she couldn't seem to keep up with him and kept falling behind. He asked if she was hurt but she just stared at him. He kept walking and it turned around a bend in the trail and when he turned back to check to see if she was keeping up okay, the trail was empty. He assumed she took a shortcut back to the trailer. We tell him the whole story of what's been going on and he nopes the fuck out. I expected him to say we were full of shit. I think he was 19 or so. He just listened and then sat down on the couch in the living room. 
He said when she kept lacking behind him, it kind of weirded him the fuck out, so he tried to slow down and keep her in front of him. But no matter how slow he walked, she always tagged behind. He also said he smelled this nasty smell that got stronger as he got closer to the camp. Eventually, it got really strong, and he heard her say something in a low, quiet voice. He turned to ask her what she said, and she had caught up right the fuck on him. He went to reach out for her to grab her shoulder, but he said he must have misjudged her distance because she was off to the side of where he put his hand. The whole time, she was just staring right fucking at him. At this point, we know the shit's real unless Tan is playing a fucking joke, but you can see he's about pissing his pants, so we, knows he, we know he's not. They load up their rifles and we eat some more. We all sit around until about 11. To this fucking day, whenever I think about this, I really pray to God that it was just some huge prank that my cousin played on me and never told me the truth. At around 11, the smell of copper turns into a really nasty blood smell, like cooking blood and singed hair. Tan and his cousin Reese get the fuck up and grab the rifles. There's like a half-knocking, half-clawing at the door, and I shit you not. There's this voice, and it sounds like those YouTube videos of cats and dogs whose owners teach them how to talk. It says in this halting, weirdly-toned voice, Let me the fuck in. Stop fucking playing. It made my nuts creep up against my body. One of the girls started crying. It was so fucking obviously not a person talking. It didn't have the right cadence, and that's some shit that I never realized until that moment. All people have a certain cadence that we talk with, no matter what language. This shit didn't have that. YouTube those cats. That's what the fuck it sounded like outside the door. Now, now I'm in full-on terror mode. We keep yelling outside, who is it? Stop fucking around. And it just keeps saying, let me in, for almost 15 minutes. Then the smell goes away for a while, and for the next hour or so, we can hear someone creeping around the woods and shit. Every couple of minutes, it comes back to the door and says something. Finally, the smell totally fades away when it's around 2 in the morning. Reese says, fuck this, and opens the door and walks outside with his rifle. He fires a shot into the air and says something like, <laughs> In the name of Jesus Christ, go away. He fires two more times. And then from the woods near the river across from the trailer, it sounds like something is slowly gibbering and hooting. Then it starts screaming, and it sounds almost like a woman and a cat in a bag screaming together. Like, I've seriously never heard any shit like that, and you can hear the brush over that the brush over that way start to shake. Reese fires over into the tree line that starts backing into the trailer. We lock and close the door and can hear the shit keep on screaming. Reese says something had come out of the bushes really low to the ground, crawling towards the trailer, and he shot at it. That's pretty much how the rest of the night went. It was screaming for the next two hours, and we could hear shit moving out into the tree line. It never came back to the trailer until everyone had fallen asleep. Tan had been sitting in the chair watching the door with his rifle, and nobody else heard or saw this. He told me two days later after the whole thing was over. He said he had been nodding off after the screaming had stopped. He was almost asleep when he saw someone come out of the bathroom and then lay down in the middle of the floor and go to sleep. He just assumed it was one of us, and he nodded off. Then he said he kind of realized something was wrong, and while pretending to sleep, he counted us. There were nine people in the trailer. He didn't want to try to shoot the fucking thing in the cabin and have it kill us all, then and there, or have Reese wake up and start shooting everything in sight. So he just stayed awake all night pretending to sleep. He said sometimes it would stand up and kind of do this weird jittery thing, or heave like it was laughing, then it would just lay back down. So the story closes pretty weak, because from my perspective, nothing else happened. We woke up and I noticed Tam was a little jittery and was avoiding looking at all of us. But we ate some breakfast, packed up, and started walking to his house. He stayed last in the cabin and said he'd lock up said he'd lock up and bring me my uncle's keys. He said to just start walking and he'd catch up. We got a little bit up the path and then he came running up and we just jogged back to his house and his cousin took us home. 
There was a window in the bathroom. When Tan had gone back to lock up, he said, We have been too stupid to lock the window, and it didn't have a screen in it. The window was fucking up when he went in there. I'm guessing it had been doing that all along. It waited for us to fall asleep or slip up and then got in among us. Tan told me he had walked us, it had walked with us all the way back to his fucking house. Then it had lagged to the back of the group, looked him dead in the eyes, and walked into the woods. So, that is that story. Miko, I'm gonna need you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Wherever you're at, come here, little baby. No, absolutely I'm have not. Nightmares tonight, thank you. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. There's just something about it that creeped me out so fucking bad. And then I read it to my friends, and they were like, why would you tell us that we're camping? And I was like, yeah, nah, yeah, you see what it is now, bitch, right? I feel so exposed right now. <laughs> we really need to get, like, some curtains. I, especially if we're going to be talking about shit like this, which, okay, right. now that I've heard the story, I've never heard of it referred to as, like, the goat man, but there mm-hmm. is another story. Um, I think it was covered by the No Sleep podcast, because, I mean, their fucking production value is through the goddamn roof. Right. But, um, and it's about a group of hikers, and they were walking, and every now and then, there'd be another person. And it would never cover who that person was, and it would talk about how, like, it made, like, they would hear screeching noises, and they would smell burning things, and then they turn around, and instead of four people, there'd be five. Yeah. Or there'd be six, and it would, like, keep adding up, because, it, and it never... It never covers it in the story. Like, oh, there's another person here. Or like, oh, now we have five camping bags and there was four. It just pretty much is like everything's going like normal and suddenly there's another person. They're like, here's your hot dog. The fucking... The part that kills me is when Reese goes out there with the gun and he's like, in the name of Jesus Christ. Honey, this motherfucker doesn't care about Jesus Christ. He was probably there before Jesus Christ was even thought about. Like, whatever the fuck it is, does not abide by Christian rules. That's, like, probably some fucking, that's, like, old school shit. Got me in every form of fucking terror possible. (laughs) Things walking backwards and moving backwards. Uh, The jittery shit, like the- The jittery shit. Yeah. Slack-jawed faces. Hell no. And beings moving into a group and nobody noticing there's an extra person that was what always got me was that like tanner saw the guy like the person come in and then lay down and watched and it would stand up and like laugh and then just lay back down in the middle of it it followed him all the way to his goddamn house house. and nobody noticed but and the only reason why he knew is because he watched it I don't know what the fuck I would do after that if, like, if I knew that it knew where I lived. Again. Well, see, like, I I practice witchcraft, so I know I would be like, we busting out all the shit. (laughs) I wouldn't even, look, honest to God, I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't let you do that. I'm just gonna be like, I accept death. I accept it. uh No, because here's why. If it doesn't work, and all you do is piss it off instead, I would probably, like... This, this is not something that I could probably do anything against. I would be, like, doing some research and finding maybe, like, some reservations or something and be like, can you please? Somebody come get this. <laughs> can you please do something? <laughs> Somebody come get your goat, man. <laughs> come get your goat. I can't deal with this. I'm too white for this shit. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Our idea of, like, a fucking cryptid is, like, mop man. <laughs> like <laughs> Ma- Martha Stewart. Like, <laughs> not... <laughs> White people cryptid is Martha Stewart. 
not the fucking oh my god do we know if it's bad luck to say that um the goat man i guess not because like it's been pretty decently he covered just said but that it was not good to talk about it well they were talking about the windy boy that it kind of has the same vibe where it kind of infiltrates and everything let me google this like the concept of doppelgangers creeps me the fuck out but it was i'm just gonna like, kill your fucking cat <laughs> He, he, he is the spooky. <laughs> no, I should have named his ass spooky instead of Miko. Honest to God, though, because we're sitting here talking about how, like, it sounds like a cat talking. And in the background, you just hear, wow, 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 <laughs> He's the best for fucking background vocals, though. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Miko. Miko. Yeah, he, he's heard. At least it wasn't Moo's. Wow, wow, wow. Um, so, yeah, those were some creepy Reddit stories. Um, I'm sorry, there's creepy and then there's fucking terrifying. Yours is see, fucking terrifying. I'm so glad that this is, like, you're getting this reaction. Because, like, I, I've i always been that person that I'm not scared of shit. Like, I'm not fucking scared of shit. And especially after I learned, like, how to do, like, warding and shit. Like, after that, I was like, I ain't scared of shit. Something rolls up in this house, they get the shit spiritually beat out of them. But this scared the fucking dog shit out of me for, like, months. But it was only me reading it to my friends and seeing their reaction that I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I wasn't scared of it anymore. The way I internally just, like, whenever he said my balls retracted into my body or whatever he said, I don't have that, but I felt my ovaries be like, nope, we're in your stomach now, beach. I don't even like, have that, but, like, I get what you're talking about. Like, I, that cold feeling that goes, like, everybody knows what I'm talking about whenever it's, like, something you're, like, really bad's happening and you get that cold, like, all over feeling and it starts oh, yeah. in your head and goes to your toes. It, like, sinks in. Yeah. That's what I felt as soon as you were, like... At some point, like, whenever I first started reading it, I legitimately, like, the the, the hair on my arms Oh, up. like, it was full-blown goose flesh going across. Because it's, like, Chicken as soon... Skin. Right, as soon as he was, like, said that somebody was bitching about some him getting two and everybody else getting one, and then being, like, there's only 11 of us. Well, like, I have read this story so many times because I like that it genuinely creeps me out. And still... How many times have I read this story to myself and I still get goosebumps from it? It just, it's always the shit, like, it starts off so hardcore. If I'm walking on a fucking trail in the middle of the woods in Alabama of all fucking places, for one, y'all ain't seen like Helter Skelter and shit, and there's a man with his back to you just standing off of the track. I know. Not just that, but this is your, like, okay, for those of you that are not Southern American listeners. Mm-hmm. This is your land, yes. and there's a man standing on a trail on oh. your land that you do not know. See, here in the South, if somebody is on your property, like I said, Merka, when he said he had guns, if you're in the South and somebody is on trespassing on your property, you can shoot them. Like, Yeah, like it's called the stand your ground law. Yes. And though, okay, it is not a very good law to have as far as like, because of, like, you know, fucking racism and shit. Oh, yeah. But as far as, like, the cryptids aspect and the spooky shit we have to deal with, if I see somebody... Nita, I swear to God, if I'm at home and somebody's in our backyard and I can see them and they're just standing there with my with their back to me, I'm gonna get my blade of grass out the closet. 
and we're gonna call it a day because absolutely fucking not like no no i'm like okay i've already had like spooky situations because of this bitch (laughs) case in point i love you when we first moved here and Sammy was still working at the tattoo shop with me. Uh-huh. And me and her pulled up and all of the cats were outside. And the garage door was wide that, fucking open. That was not my fault. I know it wasn't. But and then the fact that we like beat on your door and it's like silence. And I'm like, that's it. There's going to be dead bodies in her room. <laughs> and you you and Emmy got the nerve to be like, what? Emmy was sleeping and I was gaming with fucking noise canceling headphones on. I wasn't hearing shit. But it was that we had walked past and had, like, we would have noticed the fucking door was open. Look, I don't know, man, but the door was wide fucking open. Like, I turn and pull into the driveway and I see a cat underneath Nita's car. And then I see another cat. And I'm like, what the fuck? Those cats aren't supposed to be outside. Yeah, because I see Louise, who, those of you that, like, I mean, some of you know what she looks like, some of you don't. Um, She's a Russian blue, so she's really dark gray. And so I see her. And I see the white cat that we have that is Kida. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And we come busting in the house because there's just like a dark ass portal in the garage <laughs> into the house. And all of the lights were off. It's completely fucking dark. Filled me with and, mosquitoes. Yeah, me and Sammy are like throwing on lights and running through the house yelling, beating on the door, trying to get Emmy and Nita cause, like, to wake up, for one, because we didn't know whether they were asleep or dead or anything. We had just moved here. I can just imagine how fucking creepy that is, though. No, you have no idea. We were so fucking scared. No like, we are so fucking <laughs> scared. Like, honest to God. Because, again, this is, like, at fucking, like, 3 a.m. in a small town in fucking Arkansas. Yeah, not like, to mention it's, like, you know, like, spooky shit, like, in movies, and there's, like, a lot of bugs, and it's, like, some demonic shit happened. Girl, <laughs> I wasn't worried about demonic shit. I was worried about fucking, uh, I don't know. Yeah, people, people scary people. Than, well. Meanwhile, I'm just in my room. I think I was playing. <sighs> There's no telling what I was playing, honestly. I think it was uh, Need for Speed. I don't know, but y'all had the nerve to have an attitude, and yeah. I was like, y'all, y'all were asleep. I was not asleep. I was gaming. No, you were no, asleep. You were asleep. You were asleep. We woke you up. No, I was. Just... No, no, I was gaming. No, no you, you were, were asleep. asleep. Your room was pitch black. There was not a light okay. on. Well, you had your machine like... on your face. <laughs> you were gone. Maybe I was like, oh, I guess I was gone. Because, yeah. And then we all left the house and then came back. Anyways. Okay. Well, that's for today's episode. Um, just to reiterate, because I didn't do it last time, it, it would be great <laughs> if... <laughs> it would be... <laughs> Just before we go, it would be great if you guys checked out our website at devilishpodcast.squarespace.com. Um, there are links on there to our social media accounts. You can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we have a Twitter account, which is underscore devilishpod. Um, our Instagram is um, devilishpodcast. Uh, we also have a Facebook page that you guys can check out. That's facebook.com slash devilishpodcast. Also, y'all should check out our Patreon and think about subscribing and actually do subscribe because we'll love you forever not that you have to we just support you listening to us but also if you do yeah you get like you also get like some kind of cool like behind the scenes sort of content and um ash is going to be telling tattoo stories that we're going to post on there to patrons we also have a patron only um discord that we started to so you guys can 
like chat with us and we'll like listen to your stories and everything also on the website there is a email form if you guys want to like message us tell us your scary stories we'll talk about talk about them on the podcast even if you just want to say hi that's cool too yeah or we really hope you don't email us mean shit because like just don't do that that's not very nice um but like if you just want to say hey and let's know you listen to it what you thought you know like if the goat man story creeps you out like email us let us know i want to know like did it creep you out are you scared do you know anything extra about the goat man have you encountered if you've encountered the goat man in the alabama woods you may be entitled to financial compensation you at but least need mental us. compensation not for us, therapy. Not from us no we don't have financial compensation to give i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'm also wanting to do, like, even before, I do want to get a design together to, like, even if we don't release it as, like, stickers, but it's to, like, a cute little, like, uh, transparent, like, gift or something like that to, like, give people, like, the patrons just because it's, like, you supported us. Right. I also want to, well, I want to make card decals. (laughs) Yes, that too. (laughs) Uh, My sister for Christmas, I asked for a Cricut vinyl cutter, and my sister god love her she's um she always comes through but we got an industrial vinyl cutter in our living room the biggest fucking vinyl cutter (laughs) i've ever seen we haven't even taken it out of the box because i don't know what the fuck to do with it i have to clean out our um our sunroom and we're gonna turn into a crap room so maybe rather than like going online and like hiring someone to make the decals and shit we can make decals I mean, hey, I know how to make stickers now, so I'm always down. Oh, really? Yeah, I've taught hell myself how yeah. to make stickers, so I'm really well, excited I'm about that. Dumb as hell, so you can teach me. I got you. Yes, yeah, so I need twelve more hobbies immediately. And Sammy knows how to make magnets. Hell yeah! All right, well, that's gonna do it for us tonight. I want you to know that you're loved and you're important and you matter and hail yourself. And we'll see you guys next time on Devilish. Bye. Bye. Bye.